Greetings in the name of Yeshua. Today, I want to go continue dealing with the, what is coming, bringing information on how to do a complete assessment. And what I'm about to bring forward today is uh, an article that I wrote some time ago. It's called Take a Moment. It's posted in Trumpeter's Call. But it's very important that we understand what our commitment was about. Sometimes when we make a commitment and over a period of time, we tend to lose the savor of it. We tend to take things within it for granted. Sometimes Satan just kind of subtly leads us off the path and we don't realize that we've been there or that we are there. So without further ado, my opening statement. Today the malady we are going through has brought an awareness of Yeshua, Jesus Christ. It appears there are those in the general public who are turning to the Lord. This article is a warning to any who would make a commitment to the Lord. Be sure it is sincere as there are consequences which are revealed. Where they're revealed is in an article that I wrote called, wrote called Crackpots. I want to do a, a bit of a quote from it because I think it's important that we understand. And when he had called all the people unto him, he said unto them, hearken unto me, every one of you, and understand. There is nothing from without a man that entereth into him can defile him. But the things which come out of him, those are they that defile the man. If any man has ears to hear, let him hear. And when, he has, and when he was entered into the house from the people, his disciples asked him concerning the parable. And he saith unto them, Are ye so without understanding also? Do ye not perceive that whoso, whatsoever thing from without entereth into the man, it cannot defile him? Because of it entereth not into his heart, but into the belly, and goeth out into the draft, purging all meats. And he said, that which cometh out of the man, that defileth the man. For from within, out of the heart of men, proceed evil thoughts, adulteries, fornications, murders, thefts, covetousness, wickedness, deceit, lasciviousness, an evil eye, blasphemy, pride, foolishness. All these evil things come from within and defile the man. Makes you wonder a bit what he was talking about here. How many of us maybe have that, what he just described? In times when we lose control of our temper, we say and do things that cause actions to happen in the spirit. We look at ourselves as being fleshly, forgetting many times we are actually spiritual. 
and things that we speak come alive in the spirit and they come alive as a curse or curses but let's move on with this one here my opening statement our lord has identified how men bring con condemnation unto themselves in many cases without even recognizing what they are doing the following link is about a spiritual man sharing the truth about the isolation we currently are facing and what now having time because we have been idled should be doing the link that i'm talking about in this is when the my pillow ceo mike lindell god gave us grace on november 8 2016 to change the course we were on god had been taken out of our schools and lives the nation had turned it back its back on god i encourage you to use this time at home to get back in the word and read our bible now the man was fervently attacked because of this statement the following commentary is an example of how men without understanding or spiritual knowledge place themselves in spiritual jeopardy commentary by gordon this crap sure has brought out all the religious right-wing nutcases spewing their invective and inane ideology to a highly susceptible people. Man continues to be a weak, superstitious animal, easily swayed by Bible-thumping crackpots, whose only interest is in fleecing their, their sheep. Trump is not a believer, as he thinks he is God. All he wants is for the sheep to hang on his every word and re-elect re him, so he can too, so he too, can plunder. The treasury now that was an email that i received or a text message that i received when i published my counter statement to him was such first gordon i want to thank you for identifying those walking with god as cracked pots you see gordon it is his way to enforcing of enforcing his grace upon those like you walking in darkness God uses those crackpots to distribute his light and love through those cracks. Gordon, without his grace, those like you in darkness would face an instant judgment, a fearful thing. But because of God's grace, what Mr. Lindell stated is a significant reprieve. Because a time is now available for those who might recognize God's light and love ebbing from those cracks, is what Mr. Lindell offered in his statement. It is an identified time to learn more about Yeshua, Jesus Christ, by reading scripture because of God's grace. As for President Trump, it's essential to know he was appointed by God to clean up and return America to be a respected and highly regarded country under God. The attached picture reveals the real American traitors and thieves, Gordon, Many believe this group desires to destroy the Republic of America. Again, thank you, Gordon, for helping expose those Yeshua was speaking about by their spoken words and action, actions identifying the real culprits they are. I wonder if you might be patterning yourself after some and possibly holding some as your heroes. The picture that I'm talking about shows three, six, nine, twelve individuals that are Democrats including Obama, 
Pelosi, a few other names, Hillary Clinton, George Soros, a few others. If you want to see the picture, I would suggest you find it on the, online and have a look at it. It's quite interesting to see. In Canada, we have a prime minister bent on destroying the Confederation of Canada to make it a puppet state of the European Union after being elected. Excuse me. After being elected. Hang on. After being elected. Changed his religious position from a Christian based individual supporting a Christian moral based constitution aligned his ethical standards to the Islamic religion. And there's a link that leads you to seeing him in prayer in a mosque. As revealed in a recent speech, his personal agenda to take Canada into the global family as part of the EU was revealed. That speech I'm talking about, let's make Canadians hear about this whereby the overall plan is to break the country's constitution and replace it with archaic and pagan laws without Christian morals and beliefs. So Gordon, we see what our Lord has revealed about those who are not only enemies of their countries, but themselves. Their own words, like yours, will stand against them, Gordon. So I say, sir, who do you think might be identified as a wingnut? From your own words, you are determining your eternal future. But Gordon, there is more to your misunderstanding identified in Romans 1.22, and it states, professing themselves to be wise, they become fools. My closing statement. I pondered how to close this article, and the Holy Spirit led me back to your statement. Most man continues to be weak, superstitious animal, easily swayed by Bible-thumping crackpots who only, only interest is in fleecing their sheep. To address your statement, I'm breaking it into, into pieces and will treat each separately. First, men are not animals. We are created beings in the spirit in God's image, Gordon, Genesis 1:27. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God created he him, male and female created him them. What you see in the flesh is a housing for the spirit created in God's image. The problem is most non-believers only see the fleshly house. Many believe crawled from a cesspool, not the spirit and soul of who we really are. But to be fair and consider your belief, we are animals. That could mean you believe we crawled from a cesspool of water and evolved into mankind. Having apes as our ancestral genetic base. The trouble with that theory is God created all creatures after their kind and gave man dominion over them. That's why we have a soul, Gordon. Separates us from the animals. Genesis 1, 25 the Lord gave the word he said, let the earth bring forth not as if the earth had any such prolific virtue as to produce these animals, or as if God resigned his creating power to do it, to it, but let these creatures now come into being upon the earth and out of it in their respective kinds, conformable to the ideas of them in the divine counsels concerning their creation. 
They also did the work he made them all after their kind, not only of diverse shapes, but of diverse natures, manners, food, and fas fashions, some to be tame about the house, others to be wild in the fields, some living upon grass and herbs, others upon flesh, some harmless, and others ravenous, some bold and others timorous, some for man's service and not his sustenance as the horse, others for his sustenance and not his service as the sheep, others for both as the ox and some from neither as the wild beasts, and all this appears the manifold wisdom of the Creator. Then we go back to what God created as the spirit after his image, man. The other point was revealed about man, professing themselves to be wise, they became fools. Here we go. To address the second part of your statement, I have to agree with you, Gordon, about men being weak in character and vulnerable. However, I want to clarify my position in my statement. It applies to those walking in the grasp of the world. It applies to those who succumb to the following temptations. The sins to be put off or thrown aside are. Now, for believers doing an assessment, pay particular attention to these because you may find some of them in your walk, that it may have creeped in subtly, but it's there. So when you're looking, remember we're dealing with truth and we need to bring it forward and get rid of it, if it's there. Malice, which may be taken more generally for all sorts of wickedness as James 1.21, 1 Corinthians 5.8, but in a more confined sense, malice is anger, resting in the bosom of fools, settled, overgrown anger, retained till it inflames a man to design mischief to do mischief or delight in any mischief that befalls another. Two, guile or deceit in words. So it comprehends flattery, falsehood, and delusion, which is a crafty imposing upon another's ignorance or weakness to his damage. Three, hypocrisies. The word being plural comprehends all sorts of hypocrisies. In matters of religion, hypocrisy is counterfeit piety. In civil conversation, hypocrisy is counterfeit friendship, which is much practiced by those who give high compliments, which they do not believe, make promises which they never intend to perform, or pretend friendship when mischief lies in their hearts. We need to be careful, folks. Four. All envies. Everything that may be called envy, which is a grieving at the good and welfare of another, at their abilities, prosperity, fame, or successful labors. That's one that may have creeped in subtly. Evil speaking, which is distraction, speaking against another or defaming him. It is rendered backbiting. 2 Corinthians 12.20, Romans 1.30. Bible-thumping crockpots whose only interest is in fleecing their sheep. Well, Gordon, again, I must agree with part of what you're say, you are stating. 
However, again, I must define, clarify my position. You see, at very early age, I recognize there is a difference between following a religion or following the spiritual teachings of Yeshua, Jesus Christ. The part I agree with you is those caught up in a religious regime usually do not realize they have become merchandise. And each week, seen as committed revenue for the church. The teachings within this assembly usually are shallow and contain minimal knowledge of a soft, solid relationship with Yeshua, Jesus Christ. Then we find those who are following Yeshua, Jesus Christ, who you described as Bible-thumping crackpots, and I described as crackpots letting God's light, love, shine through their cracks. Here, Gordon, is what separates those make walking religiously looking to make merchandise out of those walking in the darkness under a delusion. To those who have received the Spirit of God and walk under the tutelage of the Holy Spirit as dedicated servants, the difference is revealed in their approach and delivery of Yeshua's teachings incorporated into their lives, being used to continuously overcome all of the aforementioned temptations. That is, not to say there will not be battles and hardships faced, but there are so many great gifts received through God's promises. We are not debtors to the flesh, neither by relation, gratitude, nor any other bond or obligation. We owe no suit nor service to our carnal desires. We are indeed bound to clothe and feed and take care of the body as a servant to the soul in the service. sorry, in the service of God, but no further. The afflictions of serious Christians are designed for the trial of their faith. God's design is afflicting his people is their probation. In inflicting his people is their probation, not their destruction, their advantage, not their ruin. A trial, as the word signifies, is an experiment or search made upon a man by some affliction to prove the value and strength of his faith. This trial is made upon faith principally rather than any other grace because the trial of this is in effect the trial of all that is good in us. Our Christianity depends upon our faith. If this is wanting, there is nothing else that is spiritually good in us. Christ prays for this apostle that his faith might not fail, if that be supported, all the rest will stand firm. The faith of good people is tried, that they themselves may have the comfort of it, God the glory of it, and others the benefit of it. People like you, Gordon. A tried faith is much more precious than tried gold. So Gordon, for those who identify as crackpots, recognize they are not after your wealth in this world. What they are all about is, in worldly words, conducting an intervention. An intervention to rescue your soul from Satan's grasp. An intervention to shine bright in the darkness to light the path to freedom, spiritual knowledge, understanding, discernment, so you and those like you, Gordon, can make a choice to gain the freedom to be able spiritually to enter into eternity, ready to meet your, your Creator in the Spirit not end up back in that cesspool you believe you crawled out of as a pile of dust. 
You see, Gordon, our Lord promised to re resurrect all from the grave, not from a cesspool. Marvel not, John 5, 28, 29. Marvel not at this, for the hour is coming in the which all that are in the graves shall hear his voice and shall come forth. They that have done good unto the resurrection of life and they that have done evil unto the resurrection of damnation. Someone asked me, who is Gordon? The Lord showed me to relate Gordon is everyone. We all need to know God is present now. Gordon represents the ones unknowingly who moment by moment condemn themselves as the Lord revealed in Mark 7:15. <clears throat> there is nothing from within. There is nothing from without a man that entereth into him can defile him. But the things which come out of him, those are they that defile the man. Please remember, these articles, these videos, are the work of a humble servant of Yeshua doing his bidding as a watchman, sounding the trumpet to warn of impending danger within the assembly. May our Father abundantly bless each one of you with wisdom and discernment to go forward as his modern day disciples. Thou will keep him in perfect peace, whose mind is stayed on thee, because he trusteth in thee. Trust ye in the Lord forever, for in the Lord Yeshua is everlasting strength. Isaiah 26, 3-4. You know, I when I read this initially prior to tonight, I saw something within myself, and I realized that I needed to bring this forward and bring the message forward about those steps so people can identify what they're looking for. Hypocrisy, covenant breaking. By hypocrisy making a profession of God's name but not living up to that profession, those that name the name of Christ but do not depart from iniquity as that name binds them to do, Name it in vain, their worship is vain. Matthew 15, 7-9 Their oblations are vain. Isaiah 1, 11, and 13 Their religion is vain. James 1, 24 By covenant breaking, when we make promises to God, binding our souls with those bonds to that which is good and yet perform not to the Lord our vows, we take his name in vain. Matthew 5, 33. It is folly, and God has no pleasure in fools. Ecclesiastes 5, 4. Nor will he be mocked. Galatians 6, 7. By rash swearing, mentioning the name of God or any of his attributes in the form of an oath without any just occasion for it or due application of mind to it, but as a byword to no purpose at all or to no good purpose. These are all things that we need to be looking at when we're doing this new assessment on ourselves. We need to be looking for this stuff. By false swearing, which some think is chiefly intended in the letter of the commandment, so it was expounded by those of old times. 
thou shalt not forswear thyself, Matthew 5.33. One part of the religious regard the Jews were taught to pay to their God was to swear by his name. Deuteronomy 10.20. But they affronted him instead of doing him honor if they called him to be a witness to a lie. There's one. By using the name of God lightly and carelessly, without any regard to its awful significance, the profanation of the forms of devotion is forbidden, as well as the profanation of the forms of swearing, as also the profanation of any of those things whereby God makes himself known, his word, or any of his institutions, when they are either turned into charms and spells or into jest and sport. The name of God is taken in vain. My closing statement. This information should reveal how these individuals are not only fond of practicing their own inventions, but are furious if, pro if pressed about their imp impositions. Defending their position goes back to coping, justifying, and rationalizing. The Lord in Isaiah 1, 11 and 13 reveals his position about those who ignore his calls to them. God will see you in the likeness of Sodom and Gomorrah with respect to ruin. Isaiah 1, 9. And having committed the exposed sins, have made themselves like Sodom and Gomorrah in respect of those sins. Purging. The men of Sodom were wicked and sinners before the Lord exceedingly, Genesis 13:15. Vice overpowered virtue, having those men in power and the people on its side. The Lord reinforces us as modern day disciples with the following simple message directly from Him. Here it is. Hear the word of the Lord and give ear to the law of our God. Attend to that which God has to say and let his word be a law to you. In this declaration of God, it is one of dislike to your supposed praises and sacrifices and to you would be a new law. But in reality, it is an ex explication of the old law. Hear it and tremble. Hear it and take warning. Many are enemies to the power of belief, yet seem very zealous for the show and form of it. Today's worldly churches filled with evildoers, rulers of Sodom, and people of Gomorrah are bringing a multitude of sacrifices to the altar of God. They are in God's court observing all the ceremonies, appointed feasts, calling extraordinary assemblies, and hold solemn meetings for religious worship beyond what God has appointed applying to God not only with ceremonial observance, but with the exercise of devotion. This holiday that's coming on falls right into this category. Take a look. Read it. Go online and read it. I'll read it again. They're in God's court, observing all the ceremonies, appointed feasts, calling extraordinary assemblies, and hold solemn meetings for religious worship beyond what God has appointed. Applying to God, 
not only with ceremonial observance, but with the exercise of devotion. Their prayers were fervent often and believing they should be heard because of their multiple offering, spreading their hands like men in earnest. They believe they are pious religious people, yet being far from being so, as we have been shown earlier, their hearts are empty of true devotion. They appear before God to be seen by men and go no further. We see malice is heart murder and the account of God who hates their brother in their heart and effect, his hands are full of blood. Key word there, malice. When sinners come under God's judgments, they will be brought to turn their devotions to forsake their sins and reform their lives. The malady of life brings them to sacrifices and offerings to God as if they could bribe God Almighty to remove the malady and give them leave to go on in their sin. When the malady begins to take their lives, they will seek him out, Psalm 78, 34. Many will part from their prayers and supplications, but will not be persuaded to part with their sins. God is never weary of hearing the prayers of the upright, but soon weary of the costly sacrifices of the wicked. He hides his eyes from their prayers as that which he has an, an aversion to and is angry at. All this is to show. One, that sin is very hateful to God, so hateful that it makes even men's prayers and their religious services hateful to him. Two, that dissembled piety is double inequity. Hypocrisy in religion is of all things most abominable to the God of heaven. Jerome applies the message, the passage to the Jews in Christ's time who pretended great zeal for the law and the temple, but made themselves and all their services abominable to God by filling their hands with the blood of Christ and his apostles and so filling the measure of their inequities. Please remember, these articles, these videos, are the work of a humble servant of Yeshua doing the biting as a watchman sounding the trumpet to warn of impending danger within the assembly. May our Father abundantly bless each one of you with wisdom and discernment to go forward as modern-day disciples. Take a few moments to enjoy the praise and gentle message. This music brings blessings, and may peace be with you. And what I what I was playing is on YouTube. Uh, I have no idea. It's it's a link in, in the message. If you want to hear it, it's on online at Trumpeter's Call. Thou wilt keep him in perfect peace, whose mind is stayed on thee, because he trusteth in thee. Trust ye in the Lord forever, for in the Lord Yeshua is everlasting strength. Isaiah 26, excuse me, 3-4. You know, the Lord is so precious, so loving and caring. He puts us under grace, and he's asking us to look for the things within our walk that were described in here. And I know there are people out there who are gonna go and they're gonna say, oh, but that isn't in my life. I would never do that. How can he say these types of things about Christian people, about followers of Jesus? 
We would never have that in our walk. We would never have that in our words. And when I look at their testimony, or if I meet them on the street, and I've met a few that have said things like that, and immediately they're angry. And they want to do me harm. Is that Christian? I would say that they have one foot in the world. That they have malice in their heart, anger, hatred. That isn't from God. That isn't a practicing believer. Anyone who spends even a minute a day with the Lord would never have that in their body, would never have that with their spirit, would never have that as a part of their temple. People, I plead with thee, I plead with you, take the time to know what your walk is all about, what your relationship with Yeshua is, the depth of your faith. I received a message from a young lady today from Africa, and she was saying that she's locked out of her house. She has no food. What, and she's been praying, and she is in faith with the Lord. She's there with him. She's testified that. And she's prayed, and she said, where is my God? Where is he? He hasn't answered my prayer. And I wrote her back and told her, I said, listen, if you're angry like you are showing in your words, and you're that desperate, you're not going to get an answer. You need to be peaceful when you come before the Lord. Before you put your petition at the altar, you need to have peace in your heart. You have more than anything. You need to be in full faith, trusting and believing everything that you say to the Lord is for the benefit of the Spirit, not for the flesh that you lust after the worldly things. The Lord promised he would look after us and he will do that. My, he brought me an answer, and I sent the answer to her. And I said, he showed me, he said, does she have a craft, a hobby? So I wrote her back, and I said, if you have a hobby, turn it into a small little business. Create things that people want, and they'll sustain you. She wrote back, and she said, but I don't have any money. And I said, you don't need money and related my testimony to her that I started a business in 2000 and, what was it, four, worth $50 and a beat up old car. And I ended up with six vehicles and sub-trades, subcontractors, about 20 of them. And it was all because of the blessings that I received from the Lord, because I had faith and belief and I prayed and I laid in. And then I showed her the plan that I gave the 14 steps. Go to your faith. People, what's coming? I'm reading an article in there saying the world governments are looking for this great restart. New world order is coming, people, if they get into power. The new world order is not going to be a blessing. You're going to be stripped of everything, especially our belief. 
They're going to try and take it all away from us. What we're doing right now, what the Lord is calling us to do right now is to prepare ourselves so that we're in faith. So when those days or if those days ever happen, we're prepared. We're not dependent on the world. We're prepared to depend on our faith and then walk in our faith and live in our faith and be, be abound in our faith because in our faith, the Lord is going to provide for us. The answer that he gave me to give to this woman was the first step for her to recognize that her, her demise started in March when she first contacted me. And over that period of time, from March till this day, the Lord has been shaping her and molding her for the answer that I just sent to her. To recognize that she has gone through all of what she's gone through from March until now as a shaping and a molding of her faith. And she had gone through it and lived and prospered. Not by, by the, what the world offers, but by what is offered a spirit, in the spirit. She's been shaped and molded into success, to be successful in whatever it is that she's going to abide in right now. And use the 14 steps with a plan and put it on to the Lord and make him her partner and walk forward in it. All of the determination, all of all the preparation, everything that has been happening over this period of time was to shape her and mold her into the woman that the Lord desires her to be so she can walk in faith and be successful now. Instead of relying on the world, she's now going to rely on the Lord. And that's what he's calling all of us to do, is to get our lives into shape and form, recognize that he's been calling us for the last three years to prepare us for the day coming that everything is going to be taken from us and that we won't be destitute, that we will be in faith and God will provide for us. Recognize this is a preparation for the purging of his church of evil and evil people. The fig tree is an acronym for us to recognize the level of judgment that's going to be placed. If God would curse a fig tree that isn't producing any fruit, what do you think he's going to do with sinners? I just read to you that he hates sin and he hates those who are sinners and he will damn them and he will, you, he will judge them. This namby-pamby God that their world is teaching that he forgives all sin is a lie coming from Satan. God is a, he is a forgiving God. He is a loving God. We live under his grace, but he's also a just God. He's also a chaste God. And recognize there is no in-between with that. The judgment level is, a, is an example of the fig tree. He cursed it and it died. How much simpler can the explanation be? We are called to strive to be righteous. 100%, not 50, 60, 70, 
not in our mind saying this is right and I can do this and I can justify it, not coping. All of these things are errors. These are things of Satan, subtleties to put you into a position that you're not in righteousness with God. And you subtly justify and rationalize in your mind that you're okay and that you've made it, you're going to go to heaven and everything is going to be rosy. And you're walking in sin, not realizing that you are. My wife and I were, walk, were, were, were chatting today and something was pointed out to us that we didn't realize we were doing. And it was very subtle. We were celebrating something that we don't believe in, and yet we were still taking part of that as being a part of our lives at that time of the year. Well, that's not going to happen anymore. It was pointed out to us subtly, but it's a truth. And we're going to change it. Bring it before the Lord, ask for forgiveness, and then repent and not go back to it. That's what he's asking us to do right now. This is the calm before the storm. This is the calm giving us an opportunity to go through all of the things that I just read you, to recognize if they're in our lives, get down on your hands and knees and, and recognize it, accept, accept it for what it is, and realize that you need to put it before the Lord at his altar and ask for forgiveness and repent and move away from it. Get it out of your lives. Get your soul and your spirit straight with God in righteousness. And as that man asked me, what do you want me to be holy? Yes, 100%. Because that's what he's calling for us to do, to be in his church. There's no rationalizing. There's no justifying. We need to be honest with ourselves. And we need to deal with what it is that's in front of us. We have been complacent too long. We have allowed Satan to bring his subtleties into our lives. This word tonight said he would treat us as Sodom and Gomorrah. Well, you know what he did with Sodom and Gomorrah? He destroyed them. Even after Abraham pleaded with him, if I could find 10 righteous people. And he still destroyed it because there wasn't 10 righteous there. And he took Lot and his wife and the family out of there. This is not a game, folks. This is for real. It's coming. Recognize I'm just a voice in the wilderness saying to you, get your house and your spirit, get your soul and everything in order. Get it, get it, look at it, get it, take a look, a good, get a spiritual mirror, stand in front of it. Assess, know what it is that you, you are doing. Know what it is your relationship with Yeshua is. Don't fool, don't fool yourself. Be serious about it. My messages are going to get deeper and they're more sincere because more and more people need to hear what's going on. Don't be like the ones in the day of Noah that were partying and marrying and carrying on 
until the flood came and then they were at the door pounding, let us in. It's like the message said, God closes the door and you'll be standing on the outside pounding on the door, let us in. Didn't we not eat with you? Did we not pray with you? Did we not deliver? Did we not do the things? And he'll say, I don't know you. Get your house in order, folks. I'm not a doom and gloom, but I'm warning you. I'm a watchman, and this has been shown to me to bring this message to you. Wake up. It's time to take a good, serious look at what's going on in your walk, what's going on in your belief system. Look at who it is that's teaching you. Listen and make sure that you're not being deceived. Listen and make sure that you're not being led down a garden path. The times that are coming are not going to be joyous. Our walks are going to be filled with pits, temptations, spiritual war, and it's going to be not a pretty picture for those who are not prepared. And when my wife and I, we were talking about this, we were discussing this and, her, and she looked at me and I could see the tears welling up in her eyes. And she said, well, what about all these people? And she said, the compassion. And I said, yes, and we have to be careful that we don't allow our compassion to overpower us. We're going to grieve. We're going to see things and see things happening to people who we believed and thought were walking righteously. And we're going to see them going down. And it's going to grieve our hearts. It's going to grieve us dearly and deeply. Understand the subtlety that evil is placing before you right now is sort of a form of ether to bring your brain to slow you down. Wipe those things away. Start recognizing that there's a truth that you need to come to. And you need to use that truth as part of your assessment. The message I talked about last uh, last night about dealing, that's where you need to be. Don't fool yourself. That's where the enemy wants you to be. Believing in your mind that you're right in what you're doing. Believing in your mind that what you believe in is right. Check it. I'm not saying it's wrong. Check it. Make sure that it's on solid, righteous ground. Make sure there's no flaws in it. Make sure that it's feeding your spirit, feeding your soul, bringing you closer to a, your, deeper in your relationship with Yeshua so that when the day comes that you really need to reach out to him when you're like Peter sinking because you've taken your eye off of him and you're calling out to him to help you, he will put his hand forward because he knows the sincerity of your heart. And those days are coming, folks. They're coming when we need to reach out, when we're going to be calling out to him to help us get through what's, what's coming. He's warned us, he's told us, those days are going to be so horrendous that they have to be shortened for us. Think about what he's saying in that message. So horrendous that he has to shorten those days. Prayer. 
Father, I come before you as a humble servant, and I pray, Father, that you would bring wisdom and discernment, that you would fill all of these individuals that are watching this video, fill them with the knowledge, fill them with an understanding, bring them to the point of dealing, bring them to the point where they bring all of what is wrong or out of sort. to a plate that they can put before your altar and your throne and that you would deal with it, that they would repent and you would deal with it in forgiveness and love. Bring your compassion on them, Father. Open their eyes, open their ears, open their mind to the truth of what is coming. Cut the cords of complacency from their minds. Take it from their hearts. Whatever evil is surrounding them, Father, send angels to protect them. Send angels to to rid them of these people of this these evil so seed sowers. That their minds would be fresh and clear. That they would understand the depth of their assessment that they need to do at this point in time of their walk. I pray this now in the name of Yeshua, amen and amen. And Father, I ask that you would place the blood of the Lamb on all who are coming to you in prayer. This I pray in the name of Yeshua, amen.